But I want to welcome all of our campuses to week one of our new series entitled Trapped. Come on, can we just welcome all those that are joining us on South Shore, Gulf Coast, or online here at Little Creek. We have just finished up an amazing weekend, last weekend, where we celebrate as Christians uh, the resurrection of Christ. And I've been very excited about this series, the series that we're doing. Now, it's a little bit of a different title. I had some people ask me, Pastor, what, what is it about? What, what does it mean that we are trapped and, and how to live free in the bound up world? Well, I want to begin by asking you a couple questions. Because I think that as you answer these questions, uh, you'll have a little bit more insight of where we're going. First question is this. Have you ever felt like everybody else has it together but you? I mean, just be honest. You look at them, you're like, they're so stable, they're so strong, they've got it all together. Why is it, why is it that they've got it all together but I don't? Well, why is it that they somehow have, have their families together but mine is not? Their, their professional life is together but mine is not. And we get trapped. We get trapped in this thing called comparison. We get trapped in this thing called called unwise evaluations. I'm going to be talking to you guys for five weeks. Matter of fact, we're going to go right through Mother's Day and uh, we'll finish it up the week after Mother's Day when we can address how it is that we can, watch this, get untrapped. How we can get unbound. Let me tell you what my prayer is for this series. My prayer is that, watch this, that we can learn how to overcome unhealthy thinking, how we can overcome toxic emotions. Pastor, what is toxic emotions? Listen, when you got them, you know. That toxicity on the inside, the bitterness, the unforgiveness, the rejections, the fears. I'm going to equip you that over the next five weeks, how to help, help you to overcome your hang-ups and your hurts that, that try to define you and try to tell you what you can't do. They try to tell you what you can't become. They try to tell you who you aren't. I want to look to the Word and discover who you really are. Today, I want to talk to you about the mind trap, the mind trap, how to become, how to get free of unhealthy thinking. Speaking of being trapped in unhealthy thoughts, I heard something funny about a kindergarten teacher, a kindergarten teacher who uh, had her kindergarten class, and she asked the class, she goes, all right, today I want to teach you about self-esteem. Is there anybody in here, now this is kindergartners, is there anybody in here that has a poor self-image? In other words, they have feelings that they're just worthless. Nobody moves. Finally, there's a young boy just kind of looks and kind of looks around and he just kind of just stands up. The only one. She's freaked out. She goes, Johnny, why? You, surely you don't have feelings that you're worthless. Why would you stand up? Tell me what's going on with you. And he says, ma'am, I'll, I'll tell you, I looked around and you're the only one standing and I just kind of felt sorry for you. So I stood up too. <laughs> I mean, that's a compassionate young leader. <laughs> that's a, high emotional intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Today I want to talk to you about getting free of those unhealthy thoughts that try to hold us back. Now, I'm not super technologically savvy. I do own a computer. I have an iPhone, which kind of makes me a registered cool person, I guess. 
That's what they tell me. Uh, but I do, I do actually have a lot of people around me that know about computers. But I, but, I, but I did a little research this week, and so I understand a couple things. Number one, I understand what hardwiring is. I understand the basic framework of the computer, all right? The capacity of the computer, I understand that. I also understand that the, the kind of the soft wiring is, 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 is the software is, is somewhat the, the programming capacities. It's, it's the programming inside the, the hardware, all right? Let, let me say it that way. Maybe, maybe that makes more. So you got the hardware is kind of the, 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 the general capacity, but then the software is the program itself. And then I also learned about, because I did a little study, about the V word. There's, a, there, there's this insidious little thing that'll hit your computer called a virus okay and when this virus gets into your computer it really can mess up your software and what it does is it it downgrades the ex well I'll tell you what you can't get your files out it kind of starts messing things up everything gets slowed down and it, and it really messes up the capacity and the capability of your computer reality is you've got to figure out where the virus came from and you got to clean out your 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 software I begin to think about the analogy of the human being, how God created you and I, how we were created by God, for God, on purpose and with a purpose. Matter of fact, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says it this way. I love this verse. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus, and here's what he says. You were created, watch this, in Christ Jesus. You were created for good works. Now, if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that, watch this, it says that we were God's poema, the Greek word poema, where we get the English word poem from. I'm not a poet. I don't write poetry. I do write messages, but I know this, poets, and some of you that like poetry, you, you know it's very important to you. It's like a work of art. And, and God, the Holy Spirit, anointed Paul to use this word that we were God's poema. In other words, you and I, in a very real sense, are God's masterpiece. The, 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 in other words, the hardwiring of how God designed you is he designed every single one of you with gifts and talents and abilities. Watch this. For the assignment that he has for your life. You're not a mistake. You were the, the, listen, where you were born was not a mistake. Who you were born was, from was not a mistake. Even though your parents said, you were a mistake. That's not true. That's not true. God used a man and a woman to get you into this earth. But how many of you know, you belong to God. The nationality that you're from, the gifts and talents and abilities and, and, and how tall you end up being. I'm 5'11 and a half. I wanted to be six foot so bad. I really did. I even thought after I became a Christian, God had helped me out. It didn't work. Matter of fact, I remember as a kid, I, I had long, stringy, blonde hair, all right? Guess what, as a kid, I wanted? Curly hair. Guess what all my curly-head friends wanted? Straight hair. Why is that? Because we always want what we don't have until we understand who God made us to be. So you've got to understand, your hardwiring, the hardware, how God has designed you. Listen, God didn't make a mistake. God created you as a masterpiece. And then the software. As a Christian, you come into faith in Christ, and you begin to hear what God calls you, that God calls you more than a conqueror, not just a conqueror. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. You're a conqueror. Awesome. Hey, you're more than that. That's like another level. <laughs> God says you are valuable. You are capable. You are adequate. 
You're approved of. You're marked by me, called by me. Not just the preacher or the priest. Every single one of you have a calling from God. Every single one of you are created by God, for God, to do something great with your life. You begin to understand how, how God has designed you. You begin to understand, watch us, your software package, how, how, how these viruses come in and start to downgrade your expectations, start to lie to you. You begin lies, viruses. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never achieve anything. You'll just be like, just like your dad and your grandpa, and they all fought that sin addiction, and you'll have that same thing. Wait, 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 time out. Is, 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 that, is, that, is that God's plan for my life? You'll, you'll never really achieve because after all, your family and your past, and you made a mistake that was too bad, too gross, and you can never become what you could have become. You start believing lies about yourself. You start believing lies about God. Well, God doesn't love you. I mean, after all, you've blown it too much. You've made too many mistakes. See, here's what happens. Viruses are attacking your software. Your, your programming's getting messed up. Your, your, how, what you're thinking about and how, 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 you're, how you're believing. The good news is you and I are not, as Christians, defective. We're not faulty. Like the computer, we, we're, we're not a mistake. The problem is, is we've got to upgrade our software. We've, we've got to watch what we're meditating on today. Are we meditating on those viruses? Are we meditating on those lies? Or are we meditating on the truth of how God created us to be? I'm strong. I'm healthy. I'm powerful in God, in God, in God, I can do all things through, everybody say it, Christ who strengthens me. I'm more than a conqueror through him, Christ who loved me. See, are we dwelling on that or are we dwelling on this lies? Because how you're dwelling and what you're thinking about determines so much about your life. If not, you become a victim. In the world, generally speaking, they're just giant, they're just, they're just victims. Life is happening to them. Well, it's because of the government. It's because of my ex. It's because of my boss. It's because of my job. It's because of the job I don't have. It's because of my education. It's because of my lack of education. And so everybody's looking on the outside, and they're blaming their current reality on something that's external to them. They feel trapped. They feel trapped emotionally. How do I get out of that, Pastor? What do I do? It's interesting, when I, as I grew up, my, my mom had on this wall, this, um, this, this wall with a whole bunch of things, like, like there was a gun from the Civil War, there was, this, there was different trinkets and things, and then there was this trap on the wall as well. Like, quite honestly, this one wall in my house, it made me feel like I was a Cracker Barrel, just to be honest. I, I'm like, what the heck? You know, it's like a garage sale on the wall, you know? <laughs> you know, seriously, I was like, what's up? But... And so there was this trap, and my brother and I as kids, we, we always used to love playing with this trap. And we'd set the trap, and then we, we'd get the stick, and, and we'd put the stick in the trap. And I mean, it was, I mean, a real trap. I mean, was, oh, so I, I didn't really know where it came from. And then finally I asked my mom one day, I said, Mom, where, where, did, where did you get this trap? And she said, she said, well, well, that's your grandma's trap. I thought, my grandma's got a trap. And she goes, oh, yeah, your grandma. So I talked to my grandma about it while she was still living. My grandma just died two years ago. She was 99. She Cajun ladies from Cutoff and all down there in the bayou, you know, Golden Meadow. And, and, and so my grandma, I talked to her one day. She goes, yeah, 
she was born in 1917. Before, before school, we're talking in the 20s here, all right? At 10 years old, all right? 1927, 28, 10, 11, 12, she would go out with her friends, wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and they, would, they were trappers. They would trap minks and muskrats. Now, don't you think about that for 4 o'clock in the morning, wake up, 10-year-old girl going out on the marsh and in a bayou looking at traps to see if a mink was caught the night before. And now we bring 10-year-olds to ballet. Come on, how many know that's a little different? <laughs> And I do too. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just saying. So my grandma began to explain to me and what she would do and what they would do. And, and this trap was really vicious. Now here it is. The animal's just walking through. Bam, it gets hit. And it's a victim. It didn't do anything to cause that. Let me just tell you something. This is so important. If you think that you're a victim and that you can't do anything to get out of that, if you think that somehow you, you're just trapped in life and this is your lot in life, defeated, just never really amounting to anything, never really doing anything significant with your life. If you believe that, if you believe that, that'll become your reality. But the Bible says different than that. The Bible actually says that, that you, are, you are powerful. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm powerful. Come on, just do it. Turn to the one that you, turn to your second choice and say, they're powerful. Come on, just, yeah, yeah. You, you, why did you not look at them first? Let me tell you something. Hey, here's some good news. You guys ready for this? Everything that you need in life to succeed, God has given it to you as a Christian. That's what the Bible says. Pastor, is that in the Bible? It's in the Bible. Second, watch this. This is, this is 2 Peter 1, 3. You have, everybody say it, everything. Everything we need to live a life that pleases God, a life of impact. We have it. It was all given to us by God by God's own power, when we learned that he had invited us to share in his wonderful goodness and his plan for our lives. We, we have it. All, living the overcoming life, it starts, it starts between the ears. It starts in your mind. It starts in your heart. If you think that, that, that my key to living a life of overcoming is to manipulate my environment all the time, if you feel like I can just rearrange, because let me just tell you, everybody, uh, listen, this is so important. I know it's the week after Easter. This is earth. This is not heaven. Y'all with me? This is not heaven. Don't tell your kids this is heaven. Life is not easy. But with God, all things are possible. We go through life. Life is not easy. This is not heaven. This is earth. But when you walk with God, you have a choice. You have a choice, watch this, to either choose to be a victim like the world is or to choose to be an overcomer like God says you are. The question is, what are you believing right here? Your mindset. Everybody say mindset. It's your belief system. In other words, I am not a victim. I am not trapped. It may I may have some negative circumstances. I'm not suggesting that we don't. I have from time to time negative circumstances. We all deal with that. I'm not trying to minimize that, sir. I'm not trying to minimize that, man. I know they're painful, but I am not a victim to those circumstances. I'm not going to empower those circumstances to define my reality. No, 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 no. I'm going to think and I'm going to believe differently. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm well able with God. I can do all things through Christ. You know, it's interesting when I begin to think about this message this week. Of course, we had tons of services last week and I, I spoke seven and I told you all this last week, and I'll tell you a little bit more insight about it. So I did get a concussion. I didn't want to tell you this. My concussion was on Wednesday, two days before Easter. 
you know, as a pastor, you know, what, you, know we, you, you work all year long as a pastor for, 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 for Easter because thousands of people come and church will double. I mean, guests and friends and then people, you know, just come and there's nothing else going on. You know what I mean? But anyway, so <laughs> no festivals, might as well go to church. But anyway, that's another message. <laughs> kind of felt that. Uh, so I, it's a big deal. Let me tell you, it's a big deal. And I had a new suit. It's a big deal. I thought, my gosh, first time in 15 years, I got a, I got a debit. And I get a concussion. I'm sitting in the hospital. I'm thinking to myself, listen, I'm thinking to myself, this is two days before Easter. This is terrible. The guy said, he tell, the doctor says, it's going to be 10 days, man. You got, it's it's going to get up to 10 days. 10 days. Easter's two days. It's got 10 days. He goes, it's going to come over time. It's going to be a little bit slow. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get there. I said, what do you think I can, you know, kind of just, he goes, you're about 70%. I'm thinking, 70% with God in this new blue suit. Maybe it's, it'll help. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll get up to 80. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 this, I'm thinking, this is, this, I can't believe. So, so listen, y'all ready? Here's a confession. I started feeling sorry for myself. I was like, this is terrible. And I thought, wait a minute. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I, 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 God is with me. God knew all of this. Are you with me? I don't believe God causes all bad things. I don't believe that at all. And I, I just, there's just, I thought, you know what, I can, I, I got, with God's help, I can, I said, let me just tell you something, let me tell you, I'm not suggesting life, there's not negative things around us, but I am encouraging you as your pastor, don't empower your circumstances to control your present or your future. You with me? There was a dad in the Bible, there was a dad in the Bible that, um, he had some pretty negative things that he was going through. His son was actually demon-possessed, or he had demons that were influencing and harassing him. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 9, he went to Jesus, and when he went to Jesus, he, 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 he told Jesus, Jesus, my son, and by the way, there's no pain like kid pain. All the parents, I mean, you, you, it's like if your arm falls off, it's one thing, but if it's your daughter or your son, I mean, as a parent, it's like it's the most painful thing in your life when your son or your daughter is not doing well. So painful. This, this son, this dad right here, his son was tormented. And he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my, my, my son, is, my, my, my son is, 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 is tormented by demons. What, what do I do? Here's what Jesus said. Please listen. This is so powerful. Five weeks, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get us to upgrade our software. I'm trying to get us to upgrade our belief system. Because what your life is controlled by what you believe, what you think. Jesus said this right here, Mark chapter 9. Jesus said to him, to the dad who had a son that was hurting. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus went back to the dad and said to the dad, Dad, if you can, everybody say it, believe. He said to the dad, if you can believe all things. Everybody say all things. All things are possible to him who believes. What? You mean you mean my son, it, it's getting well. It's, it, there's something about my faith, my belief in what you can do. Not what the dad can do, but what God could do. Our faith attached to God and the possibilities of God and God's power. And, and so then the guy goes, I, help me. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. In other words, I really want to believe this. Help me to get the edges off my thinking or anything of my believing that would cause me to miss out on this. That's what I want to do with you. I want to help you. 
I want to help you. I want to, I want to look to the word. The, 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 the word of God can help all of us to get anything out of our hearts. Anything, because there's a choice. There's a choice. Every day we have a choice. Are we going to think about the negative? Are we going to think about what, that which is critical and negative? And, 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 or are we going to think about what is faith-filled and possible? Is it impossible or possible? Is it negative or positive? Is it, is it, is it the enemy or, or is it God? We have a choice. What are we thinking about? What are we thinking about? Because what you think about determines what you believe about. What are you thinking about? All things are possible. Some of you right now, you're in situations in your life and you want so desperately, listen to me, so desperately for your circumstances to change. I do believe God in one moment. Matter of fact, it's easier for God to change your circumstances than it is for him to get you to change your thinking. That was good preaching right there. I'm just telling you, I know it's... <laughs> because if he can get you to change your thinking, he'll get you to change your believing. I'm telling you, man, your life will take on a whole... You'll, you'll upgrade. If I say upgrade. You, you'll, you'll upgrade your software. You'll upgrade. And you, you'll begin... You, and you'll actually begin to function according to, to how you're designed. What's the problem? Okay, here it is. You guys ready? This is church. We believe the Bible. The problem is we have a real devil. Ooh, is this this type of church? Y'all really believe in that? That is kind of like fairy tale stuff. Let me tell you, we really believe there's a real God. We believe there's a real devil. We believe there's a real heaven. We believe there's a real hell. All that stuff. We really believe that. And the devil, the devil is a master of planting, pastor, people ask me, pastor, can the devil read your mind? No, but what he can do is suggest thoughts. Ephesians chapter six says, to put up the shield of faith to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. What is a fiery dart of the wicked one? A fiery dart of the wicked one is a satanic suggestion from hell to try to incriminate you, to put you down, to lie about God's character and his love for you, to try to suggest to you that you'll never treat, never amount, that you'll never be, never. So, so it's a fiery dart. Well, here's the thing. The enemy can't read your mind, but what he can do is suggest thoughts, then he evaluates your behavior to see if you've taken the apple or not. That's what he does. Oh, pastor, this is pretty heavy. It's in the Bible. I want to help you, though. We don't have to be ignorant to his strategies. That's what the scripture says. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. We want to keep, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, second letter. He wrote letters. His second letter to the church at Corinth. He says, I want you to keep Satan from getting the advantage over us. In other words, there are things that we can do. We're not, we're not victims. We're not, we're not victims. We can do things to keep Satan from taking advantage over us. We are not ignorant I know where that trap is. We're not ignorant of his wiles. The word wiles is the Greek word strategies. We're not ignorant of his strategies and intentions. No, we know exactly what he's going to try to do. Try to hurt us, wound us, get us bitter, get us negative, get us critical. I know exactly where he wants to bring us. He wants to deceive us, get us away from God, lie about God's intention for you, his character towards you, try to get you to believe things about your past, to define your present, try to get you filled with shame based upon some sin you may have done 10 years ago. And we've got to become, we, we've got to understand his strategy to try to hold us back, push us down, and decimate our potential. Now, if, you, if I've been your pastor, I, I, we started Church of King 17 years ago. I taught this grid for many, many years, and I, this will help you guys. 
And we're going to be talking about this for five weeks, different ways, but I really want to help you. I want to help you to upgrade your software. And here, here's, here's one of the grids we'll go back to. All right, now here's how it works. Y'all ready? Here's how it works. What you think about determines what you feel about. All right? What you think determines what you feel. No emotion is neutral. It was elicited by a thought pattern. That's why you can go into a movie that's not real, all right, and go, ah, and feel scared based upon something that you're seeing in your thoughts. Does that make sense? It's not even real. All right, what you think determines what you feel, your emotional responses, and then, and then those two inform, you start making choices based upon that, and then if you make consistent choices in, uh, based upon what you think and feel, it becomes a habit, and then your habits, a collection of habits, form your character, and then ultimately it points you in the direction of where your life goes. If you don't like the direction of your life, you got to go all the way back and evaluate what you've been thinking about. Does that make sense? Right? What have you been thinking about? Hey, by the way, let me just tell you this. This is where we want to get it. Because the problem is, if you're thinking wrong thoughts, if you're thinking and believing lies in the realm of your mind, let me just tell you, once you feel a lie, it feels so true. That's why you want to clip it right here. We'll talk about that in just a moment. What you think and what you believe determines how you feel. So we want to clean out our software. We want to get all the viruses out. Some of you guys, uh, some of you men and women are in the professional world. You deal with, uh, maybe you've been an executive team where you deal with vision statements and mission statements and values. And some of you may even have companies or corporations and you've got that. And you've got mission statement, vision statement. You, you've got that written down, which we have that. We have a vision, we have values, team values, employee, we, have, we have that, which is good. So you get a consultant comes in, you get a whiteboard, okay, here's where we are, what are we really about, what do we value, okay, where are we going and all that. Let me give you, let me give you from the Bible the missions. One day the devil went and got a consultant and he wrote down his mission statement, okay, and he came up and Jesus said, I know exactly what you're about. I'm going to tell you what the mission statement of the devil is. You ready for this? All right. John 10, 10. Here it is. This is what the enemy wants to do. All right. Not a fictitious character that we just read about. And something like that. This is a real devil. The thief, the enemy, does not come except to do three things. Steal. Everybody say steal. He wants to steal the dream that God put in your heart. That's what he wants to do. Pastors, the enemy really do that? Jesus himself talked about a parables. He says the seed comes. And he says, he says when, he, when he, Jesus was talking about the seed being the word of God. When the seed is sown, immediately the enemy wants to come to steal it. So, so the enemy wants to come to steal the dream, steal the word, to steal God's promise and God's potential in your life. All the amazing things. But number two, he wants to come kill. He wants to come kill your purpose. He'd like to kill us physically if he could or whatever and then destroy. So, so that's what the enemy wants to do. And let me tell you how he does it. He does it through the mind. By the way, yesterday, uh, last night after I spoke, I, I, I went home and I watched uh, LSU football. The spring game was on on. Uh, TV, SEC Network. 50, I think it was like 50,000 people there. It was like amazing. And, and, and I thought to myself, this is, this is pretty awesome. Can I tell you something? The biggest game around is not in Tiger Stadium. The biggest game around is not in the Superdome. I think Tiger Stadium holds 102,000. I think the Superdome is about 80,000 now. 
The, the biggest game is it's not, it's definitely not in the smoothie arena. That's 18,000. Let me tell you what the biggest game around. The biggest game around is what the enemy plays with our thoughts. Right here. That, 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 that's the biggest game. I want to help everybody. There's a difference between the mind and the brain. I wrote down a definition. What is the brain? The brain is the physical control center of our nervous system. That's the brain. The mind is a central part of our soul. It's the interfacing of our thoughts, emotions, and feelings, and our will, and how they come together. What I'm specifically talking about is the mind. The mind is laid within the brain, but it's, it's, it's how the thoughts and feelings and will, and there's a spirit. Listen, this is so important. There's a spiritual nature to this, all right? Every one of us live in two realms. We live in the natural realm, but there's also a spiritual realm around us. And the battle, it's not out there. The battle for your destiny, the battle for your God's success, the battle for you having healthy relationships, the battle for you, listen, having healthy feelings, healthy thoughts, healthy feelings, healthy choices that bring you into blessing. The battle is right here. It's right here. The battle's in the mind. That's where people get trapped. I want to help you get untrapped. Second Corinthians chapter 10, I'm going to give you this classic verse and then I'll close. I'm so excited about this series, by the way. I am so excited. I got excited. I was so excited this week. I had a couple of days off and I was on a porch writing all this. I got so excited. I gave myself two amens. <laughs> I thought, man, I'm excited about this. I thought, this is going to help some people. It's going to help me. Apparently, I need it more than you. I'm getting it three times this weekend, but here we go. Second Corinthians chapter 10. All right, so what we're talking about, here's our presupposition. Here it is. People feel trapped based upon what they're allowing to go on in their mind. I'm not suggesting that circumstances are all favorable. I am suggesting, regardless of what your circumstances are, you can be free if you can control, by the grace of God, what you're thinking and what you're believing. All right? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. So this is my, my last set of scripture. I want to talk about one thing about this. I want to extract because this will so help everybody. Paul writes, for though we walk in the flesh, we live in the flesh. What does that mean? You and I have five senses. Smell, sight, taste, touch, hear. Right? We're going to go to lunch after this. All right? So we're going to eat. So that's one of our, our tastes. All right, we're hearing, that's a, sen that's a sense, we're sens sensual in the sense of not, we're sen we're, we're, we have senses, five senses. That, so though we live in the flesh, we live by five senses, we do not war according to our five senses. All right, well, how do we war? Well, the weapons of our warfare, there's an armory. We have weapons as Christians, all right? The blood of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, the name of Jesus, the word of God, the angelic host, these are weaponries. Paul talks about in Romans chapters, uh, I mean in Ephesians 6, the, the armor of God, all right? So the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of, everybody say this word, strongholds. Look at verse 5. Last verse, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Here it is, spiritual warfare 101. This is where all defeat and success happens right here in life. Right here. Bringing every, everybody say it, thought. There it is. Into captivity to the obedience of Christ in his word. I began to think about this verse. I began to think about the, what the word stronghold, the akaruma, a stronghold. That's the Greek word. It's, I actually give you a definition for it. A stronghold is a negative, 
Here's what it is. Paul says, these strongholds are our problem. What are strongholds? It's a negative mental attitude. An attitude, what is an attitude? It is a, it is a blending forth of your thoughts and your feelings when they come together. All right. There's a hardening of your there's a, in your neuro patterns in your brain. There, when your thought, when you have a thought pattern and a feeling, and they they're, they're coming together and they're hardened in a particular pathway. These neuro pathways. That's called a stronghold. By the way, you can have a positive stronghold of righteousness or a negative one. But I'm going to tell everybody: we don't tend towards the positive; we tend towards the negative. Human propensity is towards the negative. I'm just telling you, we have to work hard according to the grace of God and the power of God to go towards the positive because our flesh, the proclivity of human nature is to go to the negative. So I'm just going to highlight the one side, a stronghold is a negative mental attitude that comes as a result of continually believing what? Say it, lies. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never be free of that sin pattern. You can't be a good husband. You can't be a good mom. You're terrible. Just, uh, uh, uh. It's a stronghold. By the way, the, the, the word strong, it's one of the oldest Greek, it's the, one of the oldest words in the Greek language. Just listen to me. I got about five minutes. Please, everybody stay with me. I promise you're going to beat the Baptist to Piccadilly. <laughs> I promise you. Just, just please. That was funny. Okay. Because this is going to help you. This this teaching of renewing the mind will transform, it will transform your life. You, 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 this, it, this, this is revolutionary to your walk with God. There's a lot of born-again Christians that live defeated lives. They're going to heaven, but they're defeated because they don't understand that you need to renew your mind. They thought when they got saved, that's it. Yeah, you're a Christian. Trust me, you're going to heaven. That's the goal. But you don't need to, leave, you don't need to live in hell on earth. And that's why this teaching is so important. It's renewing the mind. Thinking God's thoughts. So a stronghold has two, two, two concepts to it. Number one, a stronghold, old Greek word, and number one means a fortress. Now here's what a fortress is. A fortress was designed to keep people out. You couldn't come in. All right? A fortress. When you have a stronghold in your mind, a stronghold of rejection, in other words, where you've believed a lie, nobody likes you, you can't connect with anybody. You always self-sabotage relationships. You're dysfunctional. You're a mess. You believe that, okay? Here's what happens. People try to get close to you. You sabotage it relationally because there's a fortress around your life where people can't get in. Does that make sense? Okay, but let's flip it around. It's not only a fortress. It's also a prison that keeps you in, and it keeps these negative thoughts in. So it's, a, it's prison, and Paul says that we've got to destroy these strongholds because a stronghold is a negative thought pattern that's holding you back from fulfilling God's potential for your life. Okay, it's, it's holding you, it's, it's, it's encasing you in a negative way where, where God wants you to be. God, I'm gonna talk next week about uh, the, 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 the Greek word metamorpho and what happens with that Greek word, how, how God actually brings us from something to into someone through the process of what I'm talking about. What's interesting about this whole concept is, number one, I'm going to give you a couple things about this. Number one, the whole process, the whole thing that I'm talking about is, right here, understand that strongholds don't just pop up overnight, but you've been believing lies about yourself for a long time. 
You've been believing lies. Your family gets together at Thanksgiving and talks about how defeated y'all are. And everybody's defeated, and everybody's going to be an alcoholic. Everybody's going to be messed up. Everybody's going to, you know, uncle was, and this word, so we'll never be, no, 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 no. Or we can't keep relationships together. All just blow apart. You know how we are. No, 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 no. I say this respectfully. That's not who I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a new creation in Christ. Let me tell you, number one, you've got to take responsibility for ripping that stronghold down. You've got to take responsibility in God, by God's help. Look what it says. 2 Corinthians, bringing every thought captive. The concept is there's a spear. And let me tell you what the spear is. The spear is the truth of God's word. The sword of the spirit. No, no, no. That's not true. I don't believe that. That's a lie. My family's not going to blow apart. No, no, that's not true. That's, I, I reject that thought. No, 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 I am going to succeed in life. God's hand is, I am going to make a difference in my life. No, 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 no. That addiction is going to break off my life. That's a lie. I don't believe, that's a lie. I, that's a lie. Everybody say, that's a lie. I've got to take responsibility. A lot of people are trying to do things through prayer when God says, you're supposed to take the sword of the Spirit. You take the sword and you confess what God said. Now, let me give you two last things because this is so important. Two things and I'm going to tee it up and we're going to start on this next week, all right? Two key things about how to break these strongholds down, all right? Number one, we've got to be proficient with the delete button. We've got to delete it. We've got to use a delete button. Why is it important to use a delete button? Because if you can get it at the thought level before it becomes, go back to my grid, please. If you can delete it right here, then you won't feel it. Does that make sense? If you can delete it right here, any thought that doesn't line up with God's word, word about your life. Well, I'm just stupid. That's not true. That's offensive to God. God didn't make junk. God made you creative. God made you intelligent. I'm just an ugly. Well, that's not true. You're an attractive person in God. No, we don't compare with one another. That's why I'm not on social media too much. Man, I'm not. A, you guys, I'm melting. You just fall apart. I'm a loser. <laughs> Scared to get on social media. My gosh, you know. I know, that's a whole nother message. I can't get distracted. And I still have a concussion. I can say anything I'm not accountable for right now. <laughs> I've got two more days. <laughs> okay, y'all with me? <laughs> okay, okay, let's come back here. All right, because y'all going to get all antsy and this is oh, my time. All right, here we go. <laughs> Everybody say thought. I got to learn to delete the button. Matter of fact, we started this church, and I say this very respectfully. A person that I knew told me, here's what they told me. Here's what they told me. God called me to come over here. We start the church. And he says, they don't really, Steve, people don't really want a church like what you're going to build across the lake. That church, that, that's not, they, they, that, that's not, they, that, this area doesn't want a church. That's a lie. That's a lie. Eh, delete. That's not true. First year, two women came to my wife and said, you, if you knew, if the people in this church knew what your husband was like before he was a Christian, they wouldn't want him to be their pastor. I had two thoughts. One was delete. The second one was, I was better than her. But anyway, I didn't say it. I didn't say that. I didn't say that, all right? I thought it. Jesus said, might as well just say it. But here's my point. Can I tell you something? Delete. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Come on, are y'all with me or not? We're a new, I'm a new person in Christ. 
driving down the road, I'm never going to make, I'm never going to achieve. And then delete. I can do all things through Christ who's strength. I'm going to talk to the young people. Some of you are going to be graduating. Some of you are going to, you've got to believe what God's word says about you. Don't you believe the lies of him? Don't you believe culture? Don't you, you believe what God, you believe this book because God says you can succeed. God says you can be holy in an unholy world. God says you can be complete and whole and anointed and strong and valuable and capable in God. You've got to believe that. You've got to believe what God says about, all right, so here it is. Everybody say delete. delete. Let me give you one more. Here it is. The second one is you've got to input the good. So I've got to delete the bad. I've got to input the good. What is input the good? I'm going to give you one scripture. We'll pick up next week. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. This book of the law. First five books of the Bible. They had the Pentateuch at this time. This book of the law. The word of God should not depart from your what? Say it. Now, I'm going to teach you next week. Listen to me closely. Everybody look at me at all of our campuses. You can't outthink the devil, but you can outspeak him. You can outspeak him. Hey. Do you remember the wilderness when Jesus was in the wilderness? What did he do when the devil came to tempt him? What did he do? Did he go like this? <laughs> you rascally rabbit. No, he didn't do that. Here's what he did. Here's what he did. Y'all ready? Here it is. I'm going to teach you how to do this. He said, it is what? It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. Let me tell you, the sword of the spirit is not the sword of the spirit. People just think it's having a Bible in their house. Some of y'all got 19 Bibles in the house. My gosh, you got a Bible every, every room. So it's, it's, this guy told me one time, I was so scared, I just went and got that Bible, laid it on top of me like it was Ben Gay. <laughs> this is going to pull all the evil spirits out, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me, I got a concussion. Come on, man, work with me. Look, come here, come here, come here. Let me tell you when the Bible becomes powerful. It's powerful when it comes out of your mouth. That's when it becomes a sword. It is written. Come on, are y'all with me? This book of the law should not depart from your what? Say it. Mouth. You guys need to walk around. I, I walk around. I speak the word. God says I'm the head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. I'm a, that's why God says I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. First Corinthians. Are you you got to speak the word. And what you're doing is you're deleting. That, that's not true. This is true. This is who God says I am. God says I'm strong. I'm capable. God says, God, you, you get, delete. Input. Everybody say, say it, say it. Delete. Input. All right, I want y'all to stand. Y'all fired up the next month? Come on now. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is, this is, this is. I, I want y'all just to repeat that. Repeat this. Say, I am valuable. Say, I'm free in Christ. I'm blessed by God. I'm secure in Christ. I'm forgiven by Christ. I'm chosen by God. I'm accepted by God. I'm approved by God. I'm redeemed by God. You wake up every day and declare that over your life, and your life will come. I'm telling you, you'll upgrade it. You'll upgrade it. You'll upgrade it. Let me pray for you. Our altar is going to be open. If you need Christ, you're not sure about your relationship with God, we are here as a church. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to minister the love of Christ to you. Maybe you're stealing with a stronghold, a stronghold of fear and worry. Listen to me, my friend. Listen, God does not want you bound in worry and fear. No. We want to help pray for you, but also we want to help teach you how to walk with God and learn to use the sword of the Spirit. You can live an overcoming life. It's not a perfect life. Nobody's saying that. It's not a life without, listen, it's not a life without trials either. 
but you can overcome. That means things come, but you go over them with God. You go over them. I just declare this over your life as your pastor. Lord, I declare the favor of God. Psalms 5.12. I declare the favor of God over every man, over every young boy in here, every young girl that has believed lies about themselves. You can walk holy in an unholy world. You can be a man of God. Man, I speak to you. You're a man of God. Women, you, let, me, let me tell you, I don't care what anybody said to you. You are a beautiful woman of God, called by God, anointed by God. You're not going to lose your mind like your mom did. You're not going to lose your mind like your grandma. You're not, that's not true. That's a lie. We delete that. And we put the word of God in our heart that you have the mind of Christ. That's who you are. Lord, I bless your people as they go forth this day in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap? We love you guys. We'll see you next week. God bless.